You're listening to Vet Candy. Hi, this is Dr. Jessica Turner, and you are listening to Living Well with Dr. Jessica. Your one stop for all things wellness, not just what to eat or how to move, but everything in between. And today's guest, I always say that they're special and I'm excited, but there's something about having someone on that I've actually met in person. <laughs> it's very slim that that's, um, you know, in the criteria with who I have on. But I think you're also the first person that is also a Louisianian, which is exciting to me. It's not odd for me to have people from all over. And yet I think last um, guest was in Canada. And so it's it's just fun to have someone on that understands our crazy weather for one. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome on our guest today, Dr. Sonia Briette. She is a 1998 graduate of the Louisiana School of Veterinary Medicine and a mixed animal veterinarian. She is certified in animal chiropractic by the American Veterinary Association. She's also the administrator of the diverse group Christian Veterinary Moms, which is how we know each other. And she enjoys discussion, discussing the challenges of the integration of family in the veterinary world and does such a beautiful job of pouring encouragement into us in a group. She lives in South Louisiana with her husband, Marty, and her teenage daughter, Landry. And she has two sons who now are away at college, which ooh, watching you share that, it, it stresses me out, but it's also encouraging as well. Um, she has Payson at Louisiana Tech and Owen at Fort Scott Community College in Kansas. And so, so thrilled to have you on um, today. Just thank you for taking this time. And I always love to just give you the mic and let you share your story with our listeners and give them a little glimpse of who you are and how you've gotten to where you are today doing the things that you are doing. Well, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Um, I love to talk. So, um, <laughs> I made rambles, so just rein me in if you need to. I went to vet school at LSU and I was never getting married, never having children. I was going to be a horse vet <laughs> in Kentucky because I loved horses. Well, so my husband and I knew each other in undergraduate, and then we met back up my junior year of vet school, and we got married in the fall of my senior year of vet school. <laughs> well, your mind changed fast. <laughs> right? Well, actually, it was really funny because we were we were kind of dating. And he said, I said, oh, I don't want to get married. And he said, well, then why are we dating? And I went, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> hmm, let me think about that. So, yeah, totally changed my whole projection. Um, plus some things that happened when I was on equine rotation that I thought, I don't want to do this. Never mind. Babies die. You know, it was just horrible. Um, had some bad things happen on my equine rotation. And I was like, okay, maybe I don't want to do this every day. So we got married when, um, and then we, when I graduated, we just moved um, not far. Cause he was actually come, he had come back to school to do his master's. And then we bought a house and some land, like a little farm out in a parish. So we have parishes here, not counties. And we bought some land and a house in a place that had zero, like the worst school district in our state. But you know, you don't think about that before you have children, whatever, doesn't matter. We moved there and then I got pregnant and I had my first child. I went, oh wait, I can't do this. <laughs> it gave me mass anxiety to leave my baby. And so my poor boss, he was like, are you coming back to work? I was like, um, maybe. 
So <laughs> I went back part time and I still just had such anxiety from leaving him at a lady's house. Like she, he actually stayed with my youth pastor's wife and she had just had a baby, but I just, I could not do it. I just could not leave him. So I decided to build a practice. So, <laughs> cause that makes everything easier, right? I built a practice actually next to my house. I know the, the positives are stacking up. So I built a practice next to my house, a mixed animal practice, but I had him with me every day. So my office was basically his nursery and we just scheduled everything around, you know, the child and all my poor technicians knew they were part babysitter, part technician. That's just, it was, if you work for me, all of my children have slept in a kennel. I mean, I tell people it's just a playpen with a roof. I mean, what's the difference? Once, and then my husband travels as well. So it was me and my mixed animal practice in rural America with taking all my own emergencies because there was no emergency clinic. So then I had my second child and then my oldest got old enough to go to school and there were no schools <laughs> because our schools were terrible. And the, the closest private schools were 35 minutes one way south of me or 45 minutes one way north of me. And I went, I can't, I can't drive them there. Like I can't drive my child there and come back and still run a practice. Like this is not going to work. And so I decided to homeschool. Let's do one more thing that makes a lot of sense. And, but it just was the easiest choice because you can get everything like piped in. You don't really have to teach. You just have to have a place to set the kids up and the teachers come in and do all their things. And so that worked really well. But then I had my third and I was just miserable. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I can't shuffle kids and and run a practice and mom my employees because you do as a practice owner, your mom's your employees as well. We did one of my techs. She was a high school kid. I mean, she was, you know, veterinary assistant and she worked for me in the summers and the nights and her parents just moved her senior year and left her at home by herself. And so she came in one day and she was like, Dr. Sonia, can you help me? And I was like, help you do what? She was like, well, I need this project. And it was like, she had to make this period, like antebellum dress for a doll. And I said, what does this do? And she said, in two days. And I said, oh, Danielle, honey, does it have to be fabric? And she was like, what do you mean? Does it have to be fabric? I'm like, what are the rules? Like, does it just have to be a doll dressed up in antebellum attire, no matter what it is? Like, and she was like, yeah. I said, we're making a cake. So we made the Barbie cake. <laughs> Stuck the Barbie in it, put some icing on her and off she went to school. And um, <laughs> she has, she came running in one day and said, oh, we got our picture in the yearbook. We got our picture in the yearbook. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, look, and she had cake. <laughs> but that to say, I, I had three kids, you know, a baby, a two old, you know, one going to school, homeschool and one. Uh, so it was just, it was disastrous. And my husband's still traveling. So it was me and I'm dragging the kids around to farm calls. And like my kids would just go in people's houses. They didn't care. They were like, can I go in their house? I'm like, no, we don't know these people. Okay. Like they didn't care. <laughs> they were so used to it. So then finally, when I had Landry, it was just the straw that broke the camel's back. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I just can't, I'm not good at anything, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. That's how I felt. So I said, okay, this is not working for me. So I actually sold my practice to young veterinarian who had just graduated the year before and was working for me. And she was staying there forever. And her husband was from there. And I was like, do you want it? Like, we'll make this really easy. <laughs> so I sold it to her, paid off all my student loans. Yay. And we moved to this place in St. Francisville, where we are now. And it was such a breath of fresh air. And so 
I actually put my children in school for the first time ever. And I, I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have kids in school. I have still had Landry, my baby at home. But so I started doing relief work just here and there. And then actually I got into emergency medicine quite accidentally, kind of tragic accidentally because Owen, my middle, my seven, he was seven. He got kicked in the face by a horse and crushed eight bones in the left side of his face. Of course, at that same time, my husband had decided to leave his job and start his own business. And so our insurance was crap. So I started working ER one weekend a month just to pay medical bills. And that actually worked out well. I still do ER relief and he's turning 19 this year. So that was 12 years ago and I still do ER relief and I love it. So that was actually a weird way to find out something that I loved. I pulled my kids back out of school because they didn't like school as much as they thought they were going to. And we homeschooled again. And I started actually teaching online for extra money. And I did that for a long time for several years because my kids were homeschooled and they were taking online classes. So I just taught for the same. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet Candy Radio delivers world-class content with engaging voices and inspirational messages curated by a network of top influencers and experts. Stream 24-7 at myvetcandy.com. I was about to ask, was it like a homeschooling? Yes, yes. So I taught online homeschool. I taught AMP to seniors, like, you know, juniors and seniors in high school, homeschoolers. So I taught anatomy and physiology. I taught intro to vet med, which was fun. I always had a waiting list for that class because there's so many kids who are, you know, in love with veterinary medicine. And so I would give them the whole exploratory class. Like, you know, here's what you do. Here's what you can do. That was a lot of fun. But then once they kind of got older and they, then my old, my oldest one left for college and I was like, okay, so now what? And my younger two both rodeo and I have a chiropractic, my, I was taking the horses to the chiropractor and I thought, this is dumb. Why don't I just do this? Because I grew up using a chiropractor myself because I had migraines and that was the only thing that made them go away when I was little. So I went to chiropractor school in Dallas, um, Parker University in Dallas a couple years ago. And I fell in love with it. And I've kind of fallen back into the, the clinic is next to my house because it gives me so much freedom. So like I have a horse coming at 3.30 today. I had a horse here yesterday. Like I have a horses at my house every day that I'm working on. And then I have a um, practice in town where I do my small animal chiropractic on Wednesdays. And so every Wednesday, I'm usually booked all like from nine to one. I'm, I'm solid booked there um, to see my chiropractic patients there. So I knew bits and pieces. Like I, I, I knew that you did ER here and there. I, I definitely knew about your, your choice to go into chiropractic. And that's kind of like, you know, what not brought you like to life, but I feel like you, you frequently share like how much you love what you're doing and the freedom it's giving you. And I love seeing that there's so many like great points that stood out. Um, one, like you were never afraid to kind of like pause and and s- ask yourself, like, is this working? And then figure out another way. Like I feel so many people 
or like they feel like they're stuck, but they feel like that's how it has to stay. And I think part of it is we have this idea of like what vet med looks like in a traditional sense, like when we go into the field. And I think it's funny, like your story, not only with your husband, but like wanting to do equine and, and the track and all that. I think so many of us go in with this like idea of what we want to do. And then so often it's nothing <laughs> like what we end up actually following through because we realize, oh, I don't know that I want to do this. And I think some of us get to a place similar after graduation because you you don't really know what you're getting into until you're in the middle of it. You weren't afraid to like try different things. And some of them were crazy, you know, like opening your own <laughs> own clinic and, and trying to homeschool at the same time. But honestly, I could get how that was what made the most sense. And I think there's people listening that are probably in similar situations because of the last couple of years and what what COVID's done. And you're kind of forced to get creative. Um, and so I know that there's going to be people listening that are going to be hearing your story and, and could relate to different bits and, and pieces, whether it's that aspect or kind of stumbling across these opportunities, like you were saying with emergency medicine. I just think it's a great example of like, keep an open mind. And, you know, even I feel like sometimes like we could be fairly limited with where we live because of the, the rural aspect of it. Um, you know, it's not like I could just go work wherever down the road. Um, you know, there's a handful of us and like, there's not an ER place that I'd be able to just go work. I'd have to drive an hour, <laughs> you know, but you didn't discard it. You know, like I, th- I think it's, it's one of those things where you got to kind of like weigh, you know, the pros and cons of it. But I also love that it, it gave people a glimpse of, you know, yeah, it sucks because it was, it was an unexpected emergency that led to it. And it was medical bills that like propelled it. But what a beautiful example of like a trial and something that was probably not, you know, exactly what you wanted to be facing at that time, leading to something that you actually discover that you really love and you're still able to do. And no doubt that the skills that you learned from that have trickled into you being able to be a part of practice today. I know there's like a lot that we just, you know, kind of touched on, but, and then I had no clue that you taught in the middle of that. I think that's really interesting because I think that's an area that a lot of people don't realize is there to explore. And I know that when I talk to people that are in more of the teaching setting, it's like to vet techs or, you know, like it's more of that kind of setup. I would have never thought of somebody being able to do it like in a homeschooling setting as an instructor. I'd love to kind of dig a little bit into that. Like, how did you go about setting that in place? I know you said it was the program y'all were using, but did you just start contacting people? And so it's a funny story, of course. (laughs) One of my friends, so I always tell people I'm an accidental homeschooler because again, I never like was like, Oh, I'm going to homeschool my kids. No, it just, it just happened that way. And so I've, I've just learned to roll with it. You just got to roll with it. You just got to take whatever you're given and roll with it. When we moved here, um, I put my two boys in school and it just didn't work. Like, and we have the best, we have the number one school district in the state here. And that's why we chose here. Um, Plus we had fam, you know, people close that we knew here and, but it just didn't work for my children because my oldest is just super genius boy. Like he's graduating in May 
with like a three nine in economics and he's going to grad school at AMM. It's one of the top 15 economic grad schools. And like, he just, he's just a brainiac child. I take no credit for that. It's just the way he is. <laughs> so school didn't work for him. Like it just didn't because when we homeschool, we can do whatever he wants. Like he took a senior research paper class as a ninth grader, like, because that's just his passion and he just loves history and writing and, and numbers. And so he just, you can do whatever you want. So that just filled the, filled my children. And again, I stepped back to, because I knew as a practice owner with all this other stuff going on, I could not focus on my children. You know, I just couldn't. And I only have them for this long and they're gone. Like, <laughs> so today I actually have Owen is home from Kansas on spring break and I have two boys with him. So that's what I've been feeding you know, 19 year old boys all week. And, uh, but I love it. Like, I love it. And again, that's, I have chiropractic patients coming here. So I'm like, today I have one coming at 3 30 because they're leaving to go to a rodeo this afternoon at 3 30. And I was like, you can come at 3 30, but not before then, because I'm taking care of boys until then. So we went to school for a little while, just didn't work. We went back to homeschooling. And one of my friends actually came back from a lab she had taken her son to, like, it was this homeschool lab in Baton Rouge. And, and it was this big deal. And she was like, you have to teach for these people. These are your people. Like these are silent people. Like you need to teach for these people. I was like, okay. And so, <laughs> so actually I asked, I guess I sent them an email and I was like, Hey, you know, tell me what's this about, you know, and blah, blah. And they called me and were like, Oh my God, what do you want to teach? You know, <laughs> can you please teach? These kids are going to love you. And so I did it. I taught for probably four, three or four years. Um, and I had a blast doing it because the kids are so um, homeschoolers are totally different than, than other kids because usually not all of them, but usually they're homeschooling because of things that they just didn't work, um, for them in the normal school system. So most of them have a real passion about the classes that they're taking because they're choosing them versus telling them you have to take this. So my AMP kids were all taking AMP because they wanted to be doctors or veterinarians or nurses or, and it's really cool because I still see those kids. Like I have them on Facebook. And so a couple of them have graduated from nursing school and um, one's a missionary travel nurse now. And like, it's so cool to like see them. Yeah. And then I have one kid who took my AMP and my vet med classes and he's um, like head of a sanctuary somewhere, you know, like it's so cool to, to see them, you know, yeah. such a passion for, for what I was teaching them. And so they were fun to teach. Did you always have like that teacher, you know, like I feel like some people are, they're, they're built to be teachers. Um, I, I am, I am like when I was in first grade, you know, you write like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my two things were veterinarian and teacher. And so how cool is it that I get to do both? We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. 
Absolutely. So you're making me think of something that I've been talking about a lot on, on my own personal end because of classes I'm going through for life coaching. And we do all these different assessments to help us like become familiar with them so we could have these tools, you know, to utilize for our clients. And one of our sessions lately was um, evaluating like talents and, and giftings and skill sets and that type of thing. And mine are always kind of like all over the place. There's like a very small, like analytical research aspect that obviously led me to veterinary medicine, but I have a very big creative and then like people focus, focus, like counseling, that kind of stuff. And my instructor was made a comment about, I went into a profession that was focusing more on my secondary giftings and not my primary. And that's why I kept feeling like I was like hitting a wall and and so we were talking about if you're in a situation where you know you have these different giftings and passions, but you feel like you're not quite where you're supposed to be within the field, this is such a wonderful example of like bringing those two together. And so we were just saying how like I, I don't practice anymore, but I'm still very much a part of the profession. I just do it in a way that like is I would have never imagined, but it brings everything together. And I'm still able to like have these conversations about the things that, you know, is very unique to people within the medical field in general. But I get to touch on these other areas as well. And so it's just been something that's been like in the forefront of my mind because I'm working through it. And so I think there's a lot of people out there that they know that there's these other little aspects of them. And I think as or as things continue to advance in our profession, like just keeps expanding. There's so many different opportunities out there that I don't think people know they exist. And so they feel like they're stuck because they're in this box of traditional vet med. I know there's somebody else out there that is, is doing, you know, things such as you, that if you just kind of like, I don't know, got on social media or got in our communities and asked, you know, like, does someone know how I could get involved with bringing this into vet med? Like, I feel like there's so many doors that would be open if people were just willing to kind of like take that first step in exploring. And I do believe that so many times, like your friend played a role in this, but you still had to be like, you know what? Why not? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to email them. I mean, I'm always open to whatever comes my way. You know, you never know. And that's why, I think that's my love of chiropractic now is because like, I still do relief every now and then for people. Like when they get in a bomb, I'll like, I'll go do relief if I'm free, but I won't do relief somewhere where I'm seeing 20 people, 30 people a day. Like, cause you're in and out, in and out, in and out, like in an emergency situation, that's different. But in a, in a practice setting that that's not what I want to be doing because I love to teach and I love to talk to the people and I love to really have time to care for the animals. So my, that not, that thing, that's my big love of chiropractic is I actually, my dog's appointments are 30 minutes. My horse appointments are an hour and I have time to talk to these people and they tell me all kinds of stuff. And, and I have time for that. Like I'm not trying to rush them. You know, I'm not trying to get them out the door. Like I want to hear how your dog slept last night. You know, I want to hear, you know, that, okay, we're on heart meds and, like I have a, a, the sweetest little dog that I see now. He's a 14 year old lab and he used to be a hunting dog and he's in congestive heart failure now. So the wife brought him inside. So like he's no longer the outdoor hunting dog. He is the inside house pet. 
And she gets up with him like every two hours at night because, you know, the Lasix and he has to get up and go to the bathroom. So she gets up and goes out with him and she, she'll sleep on the couch with him if he gets up too many times. You know, and that's, that's the relationships though I get with these people. And I'm more worried about their comfort than I am anything else. So I get that, that personal teaching, you know, relationship thing versus just, here's your dog shot. See you later. Like, that's not for me. Some people love that. I don't love that. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's such a great example because it's true. The, you know, when I was first out of school and I I, I joke, and I've said this before, maybe not on the show, but I used to really not like people that much. (laughs) Um, I always used to say like, I should have went in path. I do love people. And when I first got out of school and was at my first practice, I used to kind of get dinged for spending too much time in the room because I would want to explain things because I do think it's important for, for our clients to understand why we're recommending things or why we're sending home things or whatever it may be. And while I am not a teacher, I would never be able to teach. (laughs) I learned that during COVID. (laughs) There's something about just like getting on their level and, and developing that relationship, like you were saying that I think is really important. I think is a big part within our profession, linking to fulfillment and just being able to take enough time to create a connection with, with who you're taking care of instead of just being in and out. I really struggled with that. Like I didn't want to be in that situation where it was just, you know, like get in and out as quick as you can and let, you know, yeah, there's some situations where your technician could definitely do that part for you. But then I feel like you're missing like a really important part of the connection between a veterinarian and and a client. And so I love that you brought that up because it is another example. You wouldn't think, oh, well, teaching, if I love to teach, I need to be in a classroom, even if it's virtual, but not necessarily. It may just mean that you need to make some tweaks with your scheduling to allow more time for you to be able to utilize that aspect of yourself every day in, in a more traditional, you know, setting. Well, that's what I have actually, it's, it's, and that's why it's funny that you asked me, is that part of who I am as a teacher and the boys that are here this week? And I, sh- I just take time with whoever's here. And so last night we were, they had just come home and we were talking about something. And one of them asked me about a dog, something about a dog. And so I was explaining it all to him and he looked at my son and he said, so why am I learning more from your mom than I do at college? <laughs> It's just because I love that. Like, I love to be able to explain things and, you know, have that relationship that's so important to me. So I think that's why I think that's why I haven't bounced around so much and done whatever. I'm like, okay, let's see. Let's try this because I want to be happy in what I'm doing. I don't want to just be doing it for a paycheck. Like, that's that's not fulfilling. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, as seasons change, we change and our responsibilities change. And we, you know, I know for me, I mean, what I, what I do is just so sometimes it feels very all over the place, but when I actually pause and look at it, it all makes a lot of sense and it all connects, but it's because I I too came to a place where I was open to change where I think a lot of us are, we don't really like it that much. You know, we, we want to be somewhere where we're, it's, it's predictable and, and we know what to expect. And sometimes it could be scary when you start saying yes to things that you don't really know what they're going to lead to or, or how it's going to pan out, but it also leads to these other 
you know, opportunities that you don't really even realize that you want to be a part of, but it could be like your sweet spot. There's power in, in entertaining things that you maybe wouldn't have before, especially if you get excited about it. You know, you may get like really nervous in the thought of like actually doing it makes you a little sick because that's exactly where I was when, <laughs> when I started this. But there's just, I think so many people are, are missing out on possible solutions to problems for one, because they're afraid of exploring opportunities that are maybe a little less traditional and so forth. You know, they're scary. <laughs> well, but I think right now in the environment that we're in, it's actually easier if you think about it, because there's always relief. Like there's always relief. Everywhere you are, there's relief. So, I mean, you can do something else and have that as a backup. You know, like my, my one weekend a month, I do, well, now I'll fill in at the ER, but the only reason I do it now is because I love my technicians there. So they'll call me like, actually I was, I was out probably December, January. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't go in at all because I just had other things going and my kids were home and, you know, and so I always prioritize my family. So what, you know, you just have to wait. And so then I guess the end of February, the last two Sundays in February, I picked up the last two Sunday afternoon shifts and I walked in the door that, that like third Sunday of the month and they all just went, Oh my God, you're back. We thought, you quit. We thought somebody made you mad. You were never coming back. I was like, no, I was just busy. And so the director, like the office manager, she kind of, she came down the stairs and she, she looked and she said, I told y'all it was just a rumor. You know, <laughs> there's some big rumor going around that I, somebody had done something to me and I had quit and I was never coming back. Y'all, I was just busy. It's okay. <laughs> that had to feel nice, you know, just to know that you are appreciated and loved like that. Um, it definitely makes a difference within a workspace whenever you have that kind of relationship. Right. And that's what I'm saying. At this point in my career, I I don't want, like, if I know it's a bad environment, because some places are just bad environments, then I'm not going to go there. Like, I, I choose, no, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to stress myself with that. I can, there are other things and there are other places and there are other opportunities. You don't need to stay in those bad environments. Like I did it summer. I, I um, filled in at a clinic that I just didn't like. And it wasn't that I didn't like the people or any, it was just, I didn't like the pace. Like they're just in and out, walk-ins, like every, and the only reason I did it was because the vet was out on medical leave. And so I felt, you know, it wasn't far from me. I was like, sure, I'll cover. But then after I left, I was like, I'm out. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> like, Helps I just, you gain clarity. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So I was like, nope, not going back there. Gone. <laughs> Well, good for you. Yeah, we definitely need to learn how to say no and to draw boundaries. And, and like I just mentioned, use it as as a, a tool of learning. Okay, what didn't I like about that place? So you could get clear on, you know, the opposite end of things. It wasn't that I didn't like vet med, which is what I think we get into. I don't like vet med because of this, but it's not vet med that I didn't like. It wasn't the people that I didn't like and it wasn't the animals that I didn't like. It was the pace and the demand and the staying late and the, the, you know, these people constantly walking in and just, I mean, it was just chaos. That's what I didn't like. It wasn't that I didn't like vet med. It was like, I didn't like the chaos 
So now, and that's why I tell people all the time, I always talk about my chiropractic because it's so peaceful. Like I have my own little room and I see my patients and I talk to them and I know when their kids' birthdays are and I know, you know, what's going on. And, and of course, a lot of them are chronic, you know, they're chronic. So I see them monthly or I see them every so many weeks. I see them and they never miss an appointment. They come in and like, I'll go, okay, I'll see you back in four weeks. And they'll look at their schedule and they'll go, no, I won't be here in four weeks. We're going to go three. Like they won't go five. They'll go three because they don't want to miss because they, it's it's a, it's a comfort, not only for them, but you know, for their pet, but for them as well, because they know they're doing what they need to be doing. And it just, it, it fulfills them to be caring for their pet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, I know we kind of went a little longer than we normally do before doing that. And so we'll be right back. And um, I'd love to kind of shift gears and kind of dig into other ways that you could add to your fulfillment through different things. And specifically with you, I'll mention your involvement with the Christian Veterinary Moms and that side passion, because I think it's important for people to explore different things like that. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hello, this is Caitlin Palmer. You probably know me as the desk wench. You know, the sweet TikTok receptionist who has to deal with the evil Karen Stevens. Well, if you like that, you are going to love my new podcast, Desk Wench Confessions. On my show, I have funny guests who tell me about their own Karens. Plus, we have contests, giveaways, and skits. Trust me, you are going to love it. Check it out on a podcast platform of your choice on Vet Candy Radio. All right. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Living Well with Dr. Jessica. I am here with Dr. Sonia Bruyette, and we have just been talking about her story. It's it's quite an incredible one because it just displays how diverse our profession really is, I think, and how it's okay to kind of pivot and go in different directions as you go through different seasons in life. And it's just been... It's been really encouraging for me and I think for our listeners to kind of get a glimpse of all the things that are out there if you do feel like you're kind of stuck where you're at in vet med. So right now, I'd kind of like to shift gears and just talk about something something else that you're very passionate about that I think is safe to say kind of fills your cup. And I know a lot of, I feel like so many people that I know within the veterinary field that I have not met. It's because of these groups on social media. Um, we have our huge DVM mom community that is just incredible. I think we want like close to 15,000 people now. Um, so if you're not connected to that and you're listening and you would want to be, you need to find us. We have all these little groups that have kind of like taken a life of their own. Um, I think from our larger one, and one of them is our Christian um, Vet Moms group, which you um, kind of spearheaded for us. And I'm so grateful you did. I have to say it's one of my favorite groups to be a part of. And so I'd love for you to just kind of touch a little bit on how that came about and you know what that kind of does for you with just kind of like rounding things out, if that makes sense. You know, like we talk about how it's so important to 
do things that make you happy and kind of fill your cup, like I said, so that you're not constantly trying to pour from an empty one. And so I'd love for you to just share a little bit more about that journey. Sure. I love, I love my group. So that probably four or five years ago, I don't even remember now, I was part of the big moms group and there were a couple people. Um, so long, long ago, I've been a Christian my whole life. Um, I felt like God was calling me to women's ministry, but women's ministry is not my thing because in my church, women's ministry was tea parties and crafts. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Get together and get some blankets. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm out. Like, that's not my thing. And so whenever um, the big group, there were a couple of people a couple of times who went, I really like would like just a positive um, group. Because where just everybody's kind of focused on um, encouragement and all the Christians and in which I l- use that term kind of loosely because we have such a diverse group. Yeah, everybody from Catholic to Presbyterian to um, I think there's a God. We're, everybody's there. You know, it's all good. I saw that kind of that need in the big group, and so I said, you know what? Okay, okay, I, I can do this. Um, so I kind of started a little side group and I thought I'll have maybe I was hoping like 50 people um, <laughs> and now we're like 1500 and it's really, really cool. It really does. It fulfills me because like I say, that was probably a, something that I felt called to years and probably 18, 20 years ago. And I just never felt like this was the right niche for me. However, my, my Christian vet moms, I'm like, these are my people. Like we talk about abscesses and, you know, <laughs> and, things. and so these are my people. But again, it gives me the opportunity to explore my faith with like-minded women, not women who are scared to go because uh, we'll have maybe a devotional on there about, you know, just living a great life or, or getting through a trial or whatever. And then somebody will post hey, look, this dog's Libre meter isn't working. What do I need to do? <laughs> and so you get that answer too. So it's just a ton of fun for me. We've supported actually, and I have to be careful with this because I'll get kind of teary-eyed. We've supported a couple of mamas through some really rough nights, like suicidal kind of rough nights. And But it's so cool to have this whole group that are keyed in immediately to, okay, you're having a hard time. Are you okay? Because kind of in the big group, it kind of gets lost a lot of times. Things get lost. Yeah, so our little group, is kind of more intimate. And again, I keep it, we have rules that's very positive. We don't discuss religion, which is funny, um, <laughs> but no religion or politics. Um, again, it's encouraging. And we post, I post Bible verses and I post devotionals, but it's all positive and it's all encouraging and it's all. So if somebody posts that they're struggling with something, then everybody can comment as long as it's positive as long as it's supportive, as long as it's encouraging. There's mm-hmm. never any, my way is right and your way is wrong because whatever. But our job is to support each other and to lift each other up and to encourage each other and not to tear down, which is what we do without even thinking about it because we're we're fixers. You know, we're like, oh, this is what's happening. Oh, well, here's what you need to do to fix it. And that's not what we're about. We're about, okay, well, how are you feeling about that? Like, well, here's what I did in that situation. And here's, you know, that kind of stuff versus don't do that. Or I can't believe you did that. Or, you know, that kind of stuff. Cause I just don't allow that because that's not what we're about. And it's super fulfilling for me. And I tell, I tell them that all the time, like you bless me. Like it's, it's just a blessing for me 
to be here with all of you women. And it's so cool. So it's super fulfilling for me. I, I know that, like, I love both groups and I'm a part of both groups, but it is very easy to be overwhelmed by the bigger one and for things to get lost. And so I know I almost automatically go to our, our Christian vet mom group. Um, and y'all were such a huge help for me last year when, you know, I was facing my loss and decisions that needed to be made afterwards. You know, I was just blown away by the amount of support that I received and not just like in a sense of giving me insight as to what they did, but y'all, I had ladies from this group. There's one in particular sent me a necklace with my girl's initials and the birthstone of the baby we lost. And we became so close because she lost right after me, like literally a day after. And we're both expecting now. And we've been able to be like prayer warriors for each other throughout our pregnancies. But it's because I asked for advice in that group and she went you know, went ahead and and blessed me with that gift because she was ordering one for herself. And I think there's just such power in relationships like that within our profession because it we we do know that it could be a tough profession to be in. And um there's a lot of things that contribute to that. And a lot of it has nothing to do with the profession. It has to just do with life. But when we make that decision that we're gonna like fight through it together, and this does create an an atmosphere that is more intimate because there's less people. And so it's just not as easy to miss things. And so I think people tend to like check in more because it is a little easier to like keep up, but there's just something about pouring into others that I think um, is really powerful that we could kind of forget because we do it all day long in a different sense. And so we could be really worn out because all we do is take care of everybody, you know, um, in, in the work we do. And if we're moms on top of that and all those things, but I think there's something that can is easily overlooked in just taking a moment to lift a colleague up that really has like a huge impact on, on you that makes a big like difference in the long haul. Like if you do it consistently, I remember a mentor of mine, I don't remember what I was going through because I feel like there's so many different things that were rough over the last couple of years. But I want to say it was maybe around the loss of my my roommate um, within our profession. But a mentor of mine was trying to help me, but like, how do I even go about doing any form of work when dealing with this? And she, I don't remember exactly how she said it, but she pretty much told me, focus on pouring into others. And I promise you, you're going to, it's going to help you get through this, this dark space. And I mean, it could be something as simple as just asking, you know, how somebody's day is, but she was so right. And, and so I remember that whenever, like I'm going through a tough time, like if I don't know anything else to do, like just find somebody else to encourage because it really does lift you up in the process. Um, And I think that's what this group does for so many. And I know it's what it does for you. One, well, a couple of our moms that are going undergoing cancer treatment right now, and one of them that's going through cancer treatment asked for the address of another mom whose husband is going through cancer, like not a good prognosis, so that she could encourage her. So, like, she's you know in the depths of of you know cancer treatment, and she's looking to encourage this other vet mom going through the you know grief with her husband dealing with cancer, and and that's just perfect for what you just said. I mean, it's just, even those people who are in the depths of it are looking to encourage each other. 
So that just touched my heart when I saw that. Yeah. And then when you have these situations where we're finally able to meet in person, I mean, it's something I haven't been able to experience yet. I was looking forward to the the veterinary, the encouragement conference and I can't go anymore, but that's part of like what makes me so excited about in-person events in a way that like I never was before, you know, like when I was fresh out of school, like I knew a handful of classmates and it would have been great to see them. But you make these connections with people that are across the country. And I mean, you truly look forward to being able to, to meet them in person. And when you did our little retreat, golly, two years ago already, like it was just so cool to be able to meet you and meet some of the other ladies within the group and, you know, get some, some hours in the process. (laughs) But I know we appreciate what you do and just starting the group in general. So the one thing that I had wanted to like tie back to is because I think it's another great example of like being aware of those things that you are either passionate about or you feel like you were called to, but you, when you talked about being called to women's ministry, but you, you knew it wasn't in a traditional sense. What a wonderful way to fuse the two. Like, I just think there's so many different opportunities to do that, but we just don't, we don't think about it, you know, because it's not what we typically think about. And so just like get creative with bringing the parts that make you, you into everything you do. And I think the other thing about that is just, it doesn't have to be right now. You know, like I say, I felt called women to women's ministry 20 years ago and it didn't happen until four or five years ago. Because, but but you just have to know that that's there and keep looking for that opportunity because it will present itself eventually. It may be 15 years later, it might be tomorrow, but, but just don't, don't think that because it didn't happen today, that's not for you. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I think that's a perfect, perfect thought to, to end on. So I always love to give our listeners an opportunity to connect with you. I know this is a little different because a lot of our guests are, you know, they're associated with um, a company or whatever. And so it's completely up to you how much you want to share, but at least, you know, let, let our listeners know how they connect um, on Facebook and maybe be a part of the group. And if there's any other, you know, methods of communication that you would want to share, go ahead. Absolutely. So I'm not the best at getting back to people because (laughs) secretarial skills are not my strong suit. But again, we have the group Christian Vet Moms, and that's probably the place that I'm most attentive to, which is sad, um, because even more so than my my business, (laughs) that's the first place I take care of. But my email is drvet, D-R-V-E-T, Sonia, S-O-N-Y-A at gmail.com. And I do check that sometimes. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hey, no, that's good. I'm, I'm with you with, um, especially email. I am not, I've had to got, I've had to work on that a lot with, with the show because that's my main communication with that. But otherwise I, I could go a while without checking some emails. So, well, thank you so much for taking time, especially since you have your, your boys home. We really appreciate it. And I know that you're, 
your journey is going to encourage others and, and hopefully get some people thinking, you know, maybe they had some, oh man, okay. Yeah. I could see like, that's a part of me that maybe I could bring into things um, and just get them excited again about not separating so much of who we are when it comes to what we do within vet med. Um, I think there's a way to truly be our whole selves and, and bring everything that makes us unique to, to the equation. And that's what ultimately leads to us really feeling like we're, you know, where we're supposed to be. And so I appreciate you sharing with us today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All right, you guys, that is it for today's show. This is Dr. Jessica Turner with Living Well with Dr. Jessica. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye. It's Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.